Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. Morning, um, we're finishing up a series we started a couple weeks ago uh, called Influence. And, um, and it's one of these things that we've been talking about a lot, the, the, the power that, that social media and the world and our friends and politics and everything has, has around us. You know, um, um, we, ha- we told some funny stories of how people have you know, made purchases because they've been been influenced by, uh, you know, things on social media or, or someone else that's, uh, you know, they bought something they liked or, or saw something they liked. We've, we've all been influenced by something. You know, even today, I'm sitting here in my fall edition Columbia shirt. I've been influenced. I saw this online. It's beautiful. It's our fall collection. I'm wearing, uh, you know, I'm, I've been influenced in my own life. But primarily in the past few weeks, we've been talking about the importance of these different areas in our lives and how we should protect them and, and, and that we are in charge of how little or a lot we get influenced by the world around us. We've been talking through um, uh, this specific one teaching that Jesus um, talked to some Pharisees about. They were trying to trick him up, and he said, they, they asked him, what's the most important commandments? Like, what are the most important things in all of the law? And so he goes on to tell them that we're supposed to love God with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our soul. He says these, these three things, these things that are of value. He said this, your heart, your mind, and soul, you should love God with all of it. He doesn't stop there. He said further, he said you should also love your neighbor as you love yourself. He said these things are, are as equal to each other, and they're the foundation of all the law. And so the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about the importance of guarding our heart when it comes to our workplace, when it comes to the relationships that we're in. This is one of the things that, that out of this, this heart that we have, the, this wellspring of our life, that the world around us can change for the better or for the worse. So the first week we talked about guarding our heart. Last week we talked about the battlefield of our mind. How many times we, we run through issues where, where the, the enemy tries to plant a thought or tries to put something in our, in our path that will influence us to get off of the purpose of what God has called us to. So we talked about ways that we can defend or battle that in our mind. If you missed either one of those, you can check them out uh, online on our YouTube channel. Uh, also, real quick, I want to stop and say welcome to all the people tuning in online. Uh, I've already been shaking hands with people uh, this morning, the past couple weeks, uh, some of our snowbirds that are coming in uh, into town now. They're getting ready for the, the winter season. Uh, if you haven't come in town yet, man, we're waiting on you. It's beautiful weather here in New Smyrna Beach right now. It's like 70 degrees outside. I talked to one lady. She's like, my husband's golfing today. I was like, I can't even be mad at him. It's a beautiful day outside. Um, but thank you so much for tuning in. Today, though, specifically, I want to talk about the importance of, of soul, though. I want to talk about the importance of, of our soul. Jesus, he talked, about, uh, he talked about the importance of soul, the value of our soul. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, he says this. He says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my followers, you must give up your own way. You must take up your cross. You must follow me. So if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life, 
for my sake, you will say it, save it. He says this, he says, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory, and his Father will judge all people according to their deeds. But I want you to focus on, on that one verse in verse 26. He says, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? And with that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come in this room this morning, that you would use me to communicate the things that you would want me to communicate about how we're supposed to live our life, about changes we should make, about, about how grace and mercy we should extend to those around us, how we should love our neighbor, how we should be aware of what we let influence us, but also be charged to influence those around us. Pray you give me better words than what my, my brain or my mouth could come up with. I thank you so much for what you're going to teach us. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen and amen. You know, when it comes to um, our, our lives, when it comes to our physical person, um, there's so much science that's built up in, and around us. You know, we, we can talk to doctors. We can talk to scientists. We can, we can look on Wikipedia and everything else of, uh, of, of things that, that talk about, like, how our bodies are built. The different cells... The different, the different pieces. I bet, I bet right now WebMD has probably never been more searched than the past two years uh, that we went through this COVID epidemic or pandemic or whatever it is. People are trying to figure out how their bodies work, the different elements of it. I'm, I'm, I'm super thankful for this, this physical body that God has given us. But the one thing that science doesn't talk about a whole lot is this, this eternal factor, this eternal element of who we are. This part that, that outlasts the cells and the blood and the bones and the, the muscle and the sinew and the connections, it, it outlasts all these things. It's this element in, in you and I that goes far beyond what this physical housing will allow. The Bible talks about the, this life that we live, this time that we'll spend here on earth is, is but a vapor. It's, we're here one day, we're, we're gone the next. As I, as I look at my own children over the past couple years and see how quickly they've grown, as I talk to, to the different men at, at men's group and, and at our, uh, in our circle groups, and they talk about their grandkids and how, like, it just happened like that, and life is going so quickly now. I realize that, that life is, is far quicker. This life that we're going to live is far shorter than, than probably what we would want. But the good news is there's an element inside of us, there's a part of us that lasts far greater than that. There's an element that is eternal. And Jesus, in this, in this book of Matthew, as he's, as he's communicating to his disciples and those around, he's saying everything here on this earth, everything around you, you every, all the things that you think are valuable now are worth nothing compared to your soul, compared to this eternal element of your life, compared to what you will do in, in eternity. A couple weeks ago, I was listening to a podcast, and um, 
I, this is, I'm going to butcher his name, is Neil deGrasse Tyson. That's his name, right? He's like a scientist. But he talked about, he talked about the universe. He said, you got to understand the universe is so large, it's so big, that, that as, you, as you think about it, the, the maximum amount of volume of, of planets and stars and everything else that you've thought about does not even come close to what it actually is. That, that's this, this physical world that we have around us. Space and the universe that we live in is, is so much bigger than what our little tiny physical minds can experience. And to compare that to, to eternity, it's just a drop in the glass. It's bar- barely the universe we live in compared to the time that we'll spend in eternity is, is nothing. And so as I hear this from Jesus, as, I, as we think about this element in, in you and I that, that goes deeper than the ailments we're dealing with right now and the frustrations that we have with finance, or we realize that this, this sense of eternity, this sense of soul is something that we should value very, very much. The great apostle Billy Graham said this. He says, the body is the house. The soul is just the tenant. He said, the body is temporary, but the soul, the soul is absolutely eternal. I think one of the things that we've got to understand when it comes to being influenced is that when it comes to our lives, the lives that we live, there's, there's a physical part that, that we probably put more value on than what we do is the eternal part, which is our soul. And I think Jesus, one of the things he's trying to communicate is like, we, we've, got it, we've, got it around, we've got it wrong. We've got it, we've, got it, we've got it wrapped up wrong. I was spending some time this past, uh, well, it might have been a couple weeks ago, with a buddy of mine, and he challenged me to start, start working out with him. And as we were working out, he was talking a little about his life and life that he experienced with his, his wife and they went to school uh, at a young age and stayed in school and, and, and spent a lot of time in school. And now he's, he's reaping the rewards of, of putting this hard work and labor into the time that he had for going to school. He said, Brian, it was, it was a lot like, it was a lot like we, we traded our 20s in. He's like, we didn't get to do the things that other 20-year-olds got to do. We didn't go hang out with our friends. We didn't party. We didn't go on trips. We didn't do anything. We just went to school. We did what we were supposed to do, what we needed to do. But now we reap a reward for that. And I couldn't help but think that when it comes to eternity, the same thing happens to us. When it comes to the idea of this, this thing that gets influenced, this, this soul person in us, many of us, we live for the right now. We live for what we want and desire and can see and touch right now. And we forget about the eternal reward that is ahead. I think that this is what Jesus is trying to teach us, right? He's trying to teach his disciples, and he says, hey, well, like right now, the things that they think you should be living for, they're worthless compared to what you'll experience in eternity. So when it comes to your soul, one of the things I want to try to do this morning, to not make, not make you fearful of this, or not, but, but maybe put into some context, some understanding of, of the soul person, the spirit man, or the spirit woman that you have, inside of you, 
and the value that is there. I'm thankful for this body that God's given us. But I want to make sure that I'm taking care of the spirit man, my soul first, before the other things that the world says is important. The second thing I think we've got to believe or we've got to know is this, is that not only is our soul valuable, but I think the people around us, the other, the other people, the people that we do life with, the people that, that, that are the, even, the, the people that are in the breezeway tearing down right now from homecoming, the people that we do work with, the people that are our neighbors that maybe we don't get along real well with or we don't understand. I think one of the things that we got to recognize as followers of Christ is that, that their souls are of value too. Jesus talked about this and the ability that we have to influence the people around us you know, this past couple of weeks we talked about how, how we need to protect ourselves and make sure that we're careful of how we're influenced. But here Jesus, he starts talking about, he's like, not only is it one of these things where, yeah, you've got to be wary of that. You've got to watch out for what the world is trying to, to influence you to do, but you also have the ability to influence the world. He says it through this. He says, and, and, and for the people in this day, they would have understand fully what he was communicating. He says, you, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, he says this. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it loses its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot and worthless. Now, the reason why he brings up salt is because salt is important this time because salt was used for many things. Salt was uh, used for flavoring. I had a, we were in a circle group the other day, and, and, um, and someone brought this stuff called Tajin, is that how you pronounce it? Tajin, sorry, I apologize. <laughs> you got to put a little <laughs> behind it. Tajin. They brought some tajin, and they're like, you got to put this on watermelon. I was like, I don't know, dude, this ain't, I mean, come on. I'm just a little, you know, redneck kid from Holly Hill, Florida or whatever. You know, it's not, I'm not putting stuff on watermelon. You just eat watermelon. I said, no, no, you got to try it. You put it on there, and I realized it was pretty, it was pretty good because there was a salt element there was something that the, the salt mixed with the watermelon and, and made the flavor so much different. How many of you guys have eaten a, a steak that was not salted properly? That's pretty much useless, right? You put a little salt on something, it goes a long, it goes a long way. It, it affects whatever you're putting it on, on like a molecular level. It adds to it. It affects it. It influences it. Not only that, in these days, that salt was actually used for preserving things and protecting things. Salt was a big deal in Jesus' time. And so he communicates to people, says, no, you need to understand that you are the salt of the world. You have the ability to influence and change the world around you. But then he goes on to communicate like that that's not happening. Because he says, but what good is salt if it's, if it's not, or if it's lost all its flavor? He says, can you make it salty again? It will be thrown and trampled underfoot and worthless. Because part of the reason that you're in the world that you're in, you're going to the job you're going to, or you're meeting regularly with the moms at the school you're meeting with, is because God says, hey, when it comes to, to their souls, when it comes to the eternal value that they have, you have an ability to affect them in a great way, to influence them. He goes on, he doesn't stop there. He says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp 
and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Light is, is incredibly important. Light does a, 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 it does a whole lot in affecting and influencing even what we do in worship on a Sunday morning. A couple weeks back, we came in here, and we could, not, we could not turn the lights on or off. They were just stuck to the on position, all the big fluorescent lights. We had to do church, and it was just like, okay, this is, this is what it is. But things felt totally different because of the light that's in the room. I feel like Jesus is communicating, like, hey, you have an ability to shine a light in the dark world that you live in. But you got to put that on a stand. you gotta, you gotta, you got to do something with it. I think many times we get caught up in worrying about what we want and worried about what we need. And we forget about that God says not only is it important to love him with our heart, our mind, and our soul. He says, but there's a reason why we're supposed to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. He says later on, he tells his disciples, he tells the people around him, he says, they will know you by how you love one another, by how you treat one another. Because that value, that soul value of the people around us is important to him. He's told us that when it comes to the world, like, yeah, we got to be careful not to be influenced, but we also need to know that we've, caught, we've been called to have an effect. To be salt, to be light, to influence the people that are around us. Now, a lot of people get weary about that because they're like, Brian, you know, I'm just, man, I'm just coming to church this morning because I, I know this is the right thing to do, but it's like, I don't even know how, do, how the heck do I even apply that in life? Like, do I, do I got to start wearing my Coastline Church t-shirt to work or something, or do I got to start carrying a sign and standing on the street corner or something like that? I would say, no, don't do that. If you're going to do that with a street corner thing, definitely don't wear a Coastline t-shirt. Okay? I'll get you another church shirt you can wear. The way we do it is just by how we live and love the people around us. The circle group that Eric and I talked about um, a few minutes ago during connection time, um, I think we've got three families in it, other than ourselves, four. We're the fourth. And as we sit around and we talk this past week, we talked about the importance of the people in our lives that helped us find Jesus, that help us in, in connecting with him. And as we went around the circle, almost everyone... I, I didn't hear anyone say, you know, I went to church and I heard the pastor preach this message and it just changed my life forever. I didn't hear anyone say, you know, I, I was listening to a podcast and it just clicked and everything aligned. And I was like, man, I got I to gotta start following Jesus. Almost everyone went around the circle and talked about someone that had been in their life. Some of them even for a short period of time. But the way they treated them, the way they talked to them, the way they observed them doing family together, they knew that they had something that that person was missing. And just because of the way that they loved them, it said that changed their life forever. 
today I'm a pastor not because I listened to a good message or because I felt the voice of God come to me and say, Brian, be, I've never heard that yet. One day I think it would be cool, but I also think I'd be scared out of my mind. The reason why I'm a pastor today is because at some point I met a family known as the Spiveys. Mike and Jennifer, they had three kids. Two of them were twin boys, and all of them were under the age of four. And I, I thought, I mean, where I'm at now in life, like the idea of having twin boys under the age of four, like, man, I would be praying a whole lot, and I'd probably be bald. No offense to the bald people in the room. I'm headed your way. But I saw him do life with his family. And he invited me over for dinner. He invited some other kids in, in, the, in the community that we're in over for dinner. And we hung out and we did life together. And I realized that just through him loving on me, through him just doing life with me and being kind. And, and part of that means, like, when he, he would love me, like, with some tough love. Say, Brian, you're being a real idiot right now. Get your crap together. But I saw that he had something that I didn't have. It was a real relationship with Jesus and changed my life forever. And he didn't preach to me. He didn't stand up and and, and say, I'm going to hell. He just loved me and let his light shine. And and because of him following Jesus, that, that saltiness that he had affected and influenced my life. And I think that's what Jesus wants for you and me. I want to kind of rush through this story in the Bible of a time that Jesus had with someone that just showed up in his life. And, and there's a lot of scripture, so we're going to read through it, but, but just hang with me because the, the ending is, is incredibly important. The book of John, chapter 4, verse 7, says this, says, Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. Now i got to stop real quick. Because you got to understand, Samaritans and Jews in those days did not, they did not mix well. They, they were at odds with one another. Uh, the Jewish people, like, hated Samaritans, which was, was really terrible. I mean, it was like, you want to talk about, like, there was some serious racism going on. Like, because these people were of a different type of, or a different bloodline, or a different type of people from different, they, they really didn't care for these people at all. But Jesus has this Samaritan woman that, that approaches this well, and as he gets up there, he says, will you, will you give me a drink? It says that he was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised. because She was surprised because here's this Jewish man, this, this, Jew, this, this Jewish uh, teacher, and he's talking to her. He knows who she is. He knows that she's a Samaritan. No other Jewish person would have ever had a conversation even with her. No one would have asked her to, to help draw water or anything like that or to give him a drink. But here Jesus is, he's engaging in conversation with her. He's just, he's just connecting. She was surprised for the Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you, why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied with this. He said, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. He, he's, she doesn't even get it yet, 
but he's connecting to this, this thought and this process of like the soul interaction. He says, I, I, I will give you life more abundantly than you can even imagine if you knew who I was. And so later on in the verse, in verse 16, he says, go and get your husband. And she responds, she says, I, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. And Jesus comes back, he says, you're right. He says, you don't have a husband, for you've had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly speak the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. Now, I remember in the, in the past, reading through this passage and thinking, like, man, Jesus, this is, this is heavy. you're kind of calling her out a little bit. You're kind of trolling her a little bit, right? I mean, you already know she's dealing. But I realized later that as I, as I read the previous passages, as he's engaging in this conversation that would not normally be engaged with, as he's, as he's talking to this woman, as he's asking her for water, and, and he has plenty of ability to pull his own water, I'm sure. He says this to her, not, not to call her out, I don't think, but to connect with her and know that, hey, like, I know who you are and what you're about. Not only that you're a Samaritan, but you're also living in sin, and I don't care, I'm still talking to you. I, I think he's trying to communicate to her that, like, like hey, I, I, I still want to have influence with you. This isn't a thing where because of what you've done or, or the level you're at or the sin you have in your life that, that I don't want to connect with you. She says, you must, be, you must be a prophet. So in verse 28, it says, the woman left her water jug behind the well and she ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. We don't hear anything more about this woman in the Bible. But clearly, the time that Jesus spent with her, the short period of time, Jesus had some influence on her. The thing that's a big deal is, at no point did he tell her, like, let me tell you the biblical truths, the foundation of the law. Let me give you the pieces that you need to go out and then tell everyone around you. He didn't say anything like that. But she went out and said, let me tell you about what Jesus had just done just in my life. In verse 39, it says this. It says, many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed two more days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not just because of what you've told us, but because we have, we, we, what we have heard him say. Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. See, this woman, before Jesus, would not have had any influence on the community around her. But just because she talked and told people about what Jesus had done, what she had seen him do, many people started to be followers of Jesus. Just because of one, one connection, one time of influence. And so today as, 
as I finish this, as I close down this message, I'm, I want to leave you with two things. I want to challenge you with two things. The first one is this. I, I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what you're dealing with. I, I don't know what sin or separation you have in your life. You know, I used to sit in a church much like this and, and stare up at a pastor, and any time he talked about sin, I thought, like, the Holy Spirit told him what I was doing, and, like, he knew, and every time he looked at me, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, like, this guy, he's reading, he's reading my book. Holy Spirit's not told me anything about what you're going through or what you're doing. But he knows. He, he knows everything you're dealing with. He knows the struggles you have. He knows what you're fighting with. He knows the things that you've been letting influence you. But, but he wants to have a moment with you this morning to let you know that, that your soul is important to him. That, that he wants to not, not only spend eternity with you, he wants to spend right now with you. And the way that he gets to, the, the way that he gets to do that, that eternity aspect is as we connect with him, as we follow him, as we, as we surrender to him now in this short period of life, that we've been given. He says your soul is of value and he wants to spend time with you and he wants to love you and help you out through everything that you're going with. He wants to change your life forever. But you got to let him. So today I want to challenge you that, that you should know that your soul, that you are of value. And this world that we're living in now is, is we're not guaranteed tomorrow this life that we have is, is but a vapor. Today, I'm going to give you an opportunity in a second where you might make a decision that you need to reconnect or you need to connect for the first time with Jesus and you need to let him come in and have his way in your life. That he might adjust your life that you live and with so much more joy abundantly beyond what you can imagine if you'll just follow him. The second thing is this, if you're a follower of Christ, I want to challenge you with this, that, that as you leave here this morning, as you, you drive away, as you go to lunch, as you hang out with your family, not only be cautious of being influenced, I think more than that, more than the, the, the danger that we need to look out for, we also need to know that God's given us the opportunity to influence others, to be salt and to be light to the world around us. So how we treat the waitress matters. How we treat our family, how we treat our sons and our daughters matter. Because people see him through how we love one another. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, if you're here today and you say, Brian, I'm, I'm separated from Christ. I've got sin in my life. There's something that's holding me back. I, I, I don't feel like I've been pursuing like the, 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 the eternity for my soul. I've been pursuing the right now. But today, you want to make a change. Today, you want to make a commitment or you want to recommit. You want to invite Jesus in to have his way in your life. If that's you, no one's looking around. This is between you and Jesus, he knows everything that you've ever done, everything that you're going through right now, and loves you still the same and wants to continue to connect with you and help you. But if that's you today, you want to reconnect or you want to connect 
with him this morning, I want you to raise a hand up and put it right back down. I'm not going to have you come up here. It's just between you and him. If you're here today and you're a follower of Christ, and today you want to accept the call to be an influencer, to go out and be salt and light to the world around you, to help those that are in need, to share the love of him with the people that he puts in your path. If today you accept that challenge, I want you to put a hand up and put it right back down. Heavenly Father, you've seen all the hands that were raised, the people that are making a commitment to follow you, that want to connect with you and want you to come in and have your way in their, in their souls. Father, pray that even in this moment you would start to let the Holy Spirit settle peace on them. God, that there would be a challenge to continue to grow and continue to connect with you, to step out of here today and not be the same way they stepped in, to continue to surrender these areas of their life to you, that they would live not for the world, not for the moment, not for the right now, but they would value eternity in their soul and that they would follow you. And God, I pray for those that raise their hands, that accept the challenge to continue to go out and be influencers. Father, I thank you for the people that you're going to put us in touch with. I thank you for the, the waitresses and the, the employees and the, the co-workers and, and the, the moms and dads at school pickup line that we're going to see. I pray that you give us wisdom and let us see the opportunities when the opportunities come up to love on them, to help them along the way, to encourage them with what they're going through, to offer to pray for them or pray with them in the moment. And God, I pray that as we do that, I pray the world around us would become a better place. I thank you for what you're doing and for what you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.